Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us here again today is Francis Ball. In our last broadcast, Witness Lee discussed Genesis 1.26 concerning the creation of man, especially concerning how man is the center of God's creation. Francis, can you give our listeners a brief review of what God did when he reached the point of creating man? In God's creation, man is the center, and the human life is the highest among all the created lives. In the creating of all the lesser lives, like the grass, the herb, the uh, trees, God just said, let the earth bring forth. Then when he created the fourth day lights, the sun, the moon, the stars, that brought in another degree of life, you could say a higher life. But there even he said, let there be lights. Then he said, the living things came out of that, the fish, the fowl, the cattle, the beasts, and the creeping things, all were created after their kind. So in this degree of creation of life, it is divided into those two aspects, the unconscious life, and then after the fourth day lights were created, then he had the conscious life, the animal life. But when it came to creating man, it wasn't just let it be, let there be man, no, He didn't just say, let there be man, but he said, let us make man. A plural noun is used here, let us. One God, but us. I think we'll see this morning the importance of this term, us, and the term for man, not men, M-E-N, but man, M-A-N, means that this is a corporate man. So we have a triune God and a corporate man. And this triune God was necessary, Father, Son, and Spirit, in the creation of man. So I think we'll see today on the broadcast, it was not just creation after its kind, but now God is creating man himself after God's kind. And this is quite significant, quite different from all the previous creation of life in the lower levels. Now he has one after his own kind in his image, and with his likeness. Thank you, Francis. I'm looking forward to today's message. Let's join Witness Lee with the life study of Genesis from April 1974. If you read the record in chapter 1 of Genesis, you can realize when God came to the point that he was going to create man, he did something different. He held a conference, and he talked among himself, that means among the Godhead, and the way he talked was very impressive. He said, let us, one God, but us, let us, it's meaningful, to create man. There is a need of the three persons of the Godhead the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. God said, let us 
make man in our image and after our likeness. Then God said, let them, let us make men. Man is singular noun, but the pronoun is them. One God, but us. One man, but them. You tell me, one God or many gods? One man or many men? We have to say, our God is one, but triune. And the man is one, but corporate. Hallelujah. Never forget these two let's in this one verse. God said, let us. Then God said, let them. Hallelujah. Now, we are going to see the purpose. The purpose of God's restoration with his further creation is of two points. Number one, to have men, the corporate men, to express God. Now we come to the second point of God's purpose, and this second point is to have men, the corporate men again, exercise his dominion. The sphere of God's dominion includes three sections, the seas and the air and the earth. Why? There's a need to rule over the seas. Because in the seas, you have the demons. Why God needs to rule over the air? Because in the air, you have Satan and his angels. In the four Gospels, the Lord Jesus was really exercising God's dominion over the seas, over the air, and over the earth. This is the sphere of God's dominion committed to his created man. Francis, let's break in here and fellowship about these two crucial words in chapter 1 of Genesis, image and dominion. We see that man bears God's image and that God gave man dominion over all things to represent him. Why is image and dominion so important to us as believers today? Well, these two words, image and dominion, used in God's creation of man are very, very significant. They show, first of all, that God wanted to be expressed in man. So he made man in his image. Of course, when we talk about an image, we realize that is something that needs expression. For example, if you get a picture from your daughter or your son, or they get a picture of you, they have the image, but they don't have the real thing. So man was created in the image of God. That means he has the expression of God. God wants to express himself in man. Just like a glove. A glove is made in the image of a hand, but it needs the hand to get into it to be the expression of the hand. So in this way, man was created in God's image to express God. Now, you ask why this was important to us as believers. Because we are being transformed into the image of God's firstborn Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, in the book of Colossians, 
is said to be the image of God. So we are to bear His image. That means we are to express God. Now, God has not only a positive desire to be expressed, but He also has a a negative purpose, and that is to defeat His enemy. And God's intention was that man would have dominion over all the created things. So now, if we're to bear His image, we are also to be the means by which God will defeat His enemy. God would not come to defeat one of His creatures directly, but in man He will defeat His enemy. Uh, Image surely is for expression. God is invisible. Yet this invisible God does have a desire, and His desire is to be expressed. So He needs an image. Never forget image means expression. Then dominion means what? Dominion means authority. So man was created not only to express God, but also to have God's authority. And dominion, of course, brings with it the thought of a kingdom. So man was given authority to have dominion and to represent God. So if you put these two together... You see, God created man in his image to express him, and he gave him dominion to represent him. So image and dominion means expression and representation. Thanks, Francis. Let's return now to Witness Lee in today's life study from Genesis. God's dominion not only has its fear, but also has an intention. In God's original creation, God had only one purpose, that is, to express God himself. Due to Satan's rebellion, God has another purpose, that is, to deal with his enemy. Now, God has two purposes. One is to express himself, the other is to deal with his enemy Satan. When God created man, he had both of these purposes. He created man in his own image, that man may express him. And he gave man his dominion, that man may deal with his enemy. The intention is to recover the earth, conquer the earth. To conquer means there is enemy already. A kind of war is raging on. Now you understand the prayer the Lord set up. He said, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Surely this means come from the heaven to the earth. And they will be then on the earth as it is in heaven. God's will is now being then in heaven, no problem. But on this earth, there are a lot of frustrations for God's will to be done. So we have to pray. Oh, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come from the heaven to the earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So today you have to realize the fighting is here just to regain the earth. 
that so many Christians just are dreaming to go to the heavens. But God is desiring to come down to the earth. We like the heavens, but he likes the earth. It would never be satisfied to have his kingdom in the heavens. God would never be happy to have his will done in the heavens. But he desired to see the three things to happen on this earth. Number one, on this earth to have his kingdom. Number two, on this earth to have his will done. And number three, on this earth to have his glory manifested. Francis, let's stop here again and discuss this second section. We saw in Genesis 1, 26 through 28 that God created man with the intention of subduing the earth along with the rebellious Satan and his fallen angels so that he could manifest his kingdom. We know that God's throne today is in the heavens, so the struggle regarding the kingdom seems to be centered on the earth, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. There's no problem in heaven, but there is a problem on earth. And for the dominion to be on earth, the Lord gave the disciples a prayer. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God needs to be done on earth. It is in heaven. So I believe we should say that this struggle regarding the kingdom has to do with the earth. The Lord wants to have the dominion on the earth, but an enemy came in and assumed, even stole that dominion, and became the prince of the power of the air, and even created the world to distract people away from God. The Lord Jesus came, and he redeemed us. He gave his life for the world to recover us out of the distracting world to be for God. There is a life in every believer in Christ, and that life has an authority with it. But unless we live by that life, in our daily living, we are not expressing God, and we're not exercising His dominion. There is a spiritual force in the fallen man that came from God's enemy, Satan. And he does everything to keep us from exercising dominion for God. So our only way of exercising this dominion and our only way of expressing God is to live according to that life which we received at our regeneration, the life of Christ that we got when we believed in him. As the believers in Christ, we have the image of God and we have the authority of God to exercise dominion, which means a kingdom. So God's desire is to have his kingdom on the earth. And that's what we Christians are here for, to be God's kingdom on the earth. Let's rejoin Witness Lee with today's life study. The Bible tells us after the creation of man, Satan came in to damage the man God created for his purpose. To make the story short, man got fallen, yet... God never gave up man. God himself came to become man. He came to get into man and to make himself one with man. And to be the second man by the name Jesus. 
the first man didn't fulfill God's purpose, but the second man surely did. The first man was a corporate man. The second man is also a corporate man. Jesus is the head of the second man. Now, the fulfillment of God's purpose was not with the first man. The first man failed. But the fulfillment is with the second man. The fulfillment started with Christ. Christ, not only himself, did a lot demon casting. But also, he gave authority to his disciples over all the power of Satan. I tell you, Satan does have some kind of power. But what we have is authority. The authority could be over the power. Look, on the American street, you have so many cars. All the cars are powerful, full of power. But look at that little policeman. He has the authority. The cars have the power, but the policemen have the authority. Hallelujah. Jesus gave authority to his disciples. So his disciples went out with not power, but authority. Romans 14 tells us the church today is the kingdom. You can never separate the church from the kingdom. We know there is a full manifestation of the kingdom to come in the future. No doubt about this. But actually, the kingdom is here. That is the church life. The proper church life is the kingdom. Francis, it's very interesting that Witness Lee quotes Romans 14, 17 and applies the kingdom of God practically to the church life, existing in a condition of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Since the church today is also the kingdom of God, how does the church exercise God's dominion and authority to defeat Satan? In this verse, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, as you mentioned, uh, we're told that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, the church is the corporate body of Christ. It's comprised of all the believers, all those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and are born of God, they are the church, and they are the ones who comprise the kingdom on earth. But it's necessary that the church today live this kind of life, one in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because that is the expression of God, and that does exercise the dominion for God. The enemy Satan has divided the believers and separated them from one another, caused the church to be so vague, so non-existent as far as image and dominion is concerned. What Paul is talking about here is the church that really expresses God and exercises the dominion for God. So the church and the kingdom in this age are the same. The church is the kingdom in the present age. But that means the church, which is his body, 
expressing him and exercising his dominion. That is the church, which is the kingdom of God today. Thank you, Francis. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for one final short section of today's life study. Today, the church, with all the saints, do have all the authority. God will crush Satan under the feet of the saints, shortly. Then, the overcoming saints have the authority over the nations. This is revealed in Revelation chapter 2. And in the millennium will be kings reigning with Christ over the whole earth. Hallelujah. By that time, surely God's dominion will be fully on this earth. And that will be the full fulfillment of what God desired to have in Genesis chapter 1. And then all the saints will reign as kings over the new earth in the new Jerusalem for eternity. They shall reign forever. How about that? Amen. 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 By that time, all the evil angels in the air will be cast into the lake of fire. Amen. By that time, even the sea, with all the demons, will be cast into the lake of fire. And by that time, Satan also will be cast into the lake of fire. Then, everywhere will be curled up. God's dominion will be there. Then, by that time, we can see, hallelujah, God's kingdom is in the universe, exercised on this earth. Now we can see from Genesis 1, you have the single word dominion. When you come to the end of the Bible, you can see all the saints will reign for God forever. That will be the ultimate fulfillment of the matter of God's dominion. Francis Witness Lee has just given us a wonderful development using the entire Bible of these two words, image and dominion. Can you briefly tie all of this together for us? Well, God's intention in his creation was to express himself and to exercise dominion through man. The invisible God created man to express him and to rule for him, to have his dominion on the earth. And when you go through the whole Bible, You see, this is God's intention with man. He created a corporate man, and the redeemed people of God, the saved, the Christians today, are the ones who have this image and have the expression of God. And also, as a corporate entity, they are really the increase of Christ in life and in nature. So by living this kind of life on the earth, They express God today, and eventually, as you get to the end of the Bible, you find image and dominion, God expressed and God ruling. So today, our responsibility in our daily life, in a corporate way, is to live together 
in such a way that we are corporately the expression of God and we are the ones who exercise the dominion over Satan's distraction, over Satan's temptations, over our daily failures. We have a life in us that not only has been redeemed by the blood of Christ, but has been empowered by the Spirit of Christ to enable us to live Christ today in His expression and in His dominion. Thank you, Francis. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.